Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegeau.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. The voice you're hearing right now is Moshe Kasher, published author and current eater of 7-Eleven brand Sour Cherry Balls. I'm in, I'm in hog heaven. Don't sneeze. Don't do it. Hey! Don't. Do I it. was I was thinking about making doing a joke about how you scream sneeze. But then you started doing. No, that. I don't scream sneeze. You well, s- definitely scream. Let me hear the joke. I don't know what the joke is, but it definitely involves an impression. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. You've done that impression on this podcast. I before. know, I know. But it, when we were driving home today from the Santa Barbara Film Festival, I was like, "Wow, he really screams!" And I like make kind of a big deal out of plugging my ears when you do it. I've seen. I've seen that. It feels very performative. <laughs> It doesn't feel like you're really shielding yourself uh, from injury. Mm, well, I'm sorry. Natasha, I just got back from book tour. Yes, how was it? Good, real good. I got a lot of people coming up to me saying I'm a big fan of the Endless Honeymoon podcast. Mm-hmm. And I asked them all the same question. Which is what? Who do you agree with? Mm, what'd you get? I mean, a lot of people were skewed towards me. It was my book event. Okay. okay. I'm going to be honest. This is shocking. But, but one guy said, I mean, you, it's easy to agree with you. I mean, Natasha just tells people to go to a John Waters movie. <laughs> that's funny but that is good advice go to a john waters movie yeah yeah i thought that'd be a cute way to start tonight today's show well i also tell people to break up with their boyfriends you do do that a lot um but you haven't broken up with me yet no but i do think it's answer to a lot of people's problems i do agree with you though a lot of people that call in here it is an obvious solution and the solution is that it's over it's hard which is why you're calling people don't want to be alone My Uber driver, oh my God, I took an Uber the other day and they said, do you want to have conversation or no conversation? And you didn't have the bravery. I did not have the bravery to say no conversation. So I just said, doesn't matter, no preference. And as soon as I checked no preference, it came back. 
Um, Connor loves to have conversation. I didn't know that was a secondary <laughs> option. That yeah, they and go, then right this, away, this dude loves to chat. Yeah, it was like he loves it, and so I get in there, and he's just grilling me the whole way. Yeah, what do you, like, what do you start gr- with? Asking me what I do for a living. Yeah, asking what'd me what you tell him? Because I well, I, I already have like a fake name on my thing, and right. then I say I I just was like Imelda Marcos. I just was like I just hang out with friends. Like I was just kind of doing. You said you did for a living. I once told a guy I'm a stand-up comedian. He started playing me Ralphie May clips from his phone. He's like, "Do you like this? Do you like this?" He's like, "Sure, why not?" You, did you tell me you were a comedian or an actor? Never do that. No, no, but I, I but, but it's just because like I don't want to have to remind people what what they might have thought they knew me from. Right. That's not right. fun. That's never fun. Oh, I used. To- I, I mean, it's probably more annoying to be like very recognizable, and then everyone knows you. Who's everyone knows who you are? So you probably can never take. You know, public lifts. You can't or whatever. do an Uber anymore. You can't do. Oh, oh, you do Lyft Line. Oh, you do. I didn't know you do Lyft Line. That doesn't seem like a style. I um, I want to be. I was trying to do a bit about this once. I want to be, oh yeah, famous, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be oh fuck famous because then your life is ruined. Remember, right? we saw Ryan Gosling the other night, and our friends screamed, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and it was in. It was. It was. It wasn't. Um, conscious and it wasn't consensual the, uh, the oh my god like emanated like an orgasm right it was like a uh, it was like a premature ejaculation so that's oh fuck famous you don't want to ever walk in a room and have everybody go oh fuck mm-hmm. right but you don't or scream oh my god but the other thing you don't want is you do, you you want to be oh yeah famous right which is um where do i know that person from where do i know that person from uh chelsea lately oh yeah where do i know that person from oh you wrote a book Oh, yeah. Where do I know that person from? The Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Oh, yeah. What you don't want is oh, fuck famous or even worse, yeah, no famous, which is what do I know that person from? Uh, the roasts? Yeah, no. I, what I want is to be famous enough for the valet parker at the improv to not um, say, you doing the show? <laughs> I want him to know, I want him to be like, oh, you are Honey, a comedian. You know what? I have a feeling that might be in the cards for you. Have I mentioned yet that the New York Times gave me a glowing review of Subculture Vulture, You're as getting, did yes. the San Francisco Chronicle? You're getting amazing press. I'm getting g- good reviews, even more importantly. People love you. Good reviews. You're working round the clock. You've got press engagements. I have never seen someone with so much press. I mean, I'm doing what I can to get the word out. That's what you got to do. And you're... Working on a food review for the New York ma- for New York Magazine. I am doing that. The Grub Street Diet. That's breaking news right there. Moshe's been very obsessed with where we eat and uh, write, writing missives about it every missives. night. Missives. They're, they're good, though. Good-ass missives, huh? They're good. I've never had to tactically eat before where I think about what the funniest meal I could possibly have is. This is a new experience for me. And are you supposed to be coming up with funny meals? No, but I'm I'm like the whole idea is to have an angle. And so if I just eat like an angleless meal, then I won't know what to write about. So I I've, I've been try I've been specific like today I got a bean and cheese burrito because I was like I want to write about bean and cheese burritos because I got a I got a take. You have the mind of a food critic. I don't know. No, I got a mind of a comedian being forced to write a food blog. M- more like. And you do love food though. I love food. You are I would say would you call yourself a foodie? I wouldn't say that, but... But you are one. When I was a little boy growing up on welfare, when my mother would ask me what I wanted for my birthday, I would often say, I just want to eat at a fancy restaurant. And that would be the one fancy meal a year that I would eat. I don't know where I got that from, that kind of effete, erudite, tongue of a snob. I also wonder what you thought was a fancy restaurant. 
No, no. These when you're five. Restaurants. No, no, no. These were like fa- if it just had a waiter. The hickory pit. <laughs> yeah, the hickory pit. <laughs> no, not the hickory pit. No, I remember we ate at a restaurant called Chef Paul's, and we ate at a restaurant called Oloveto. And these are legit fancy restaurants that we could not afford. But for my birthday, my mom would do it. And then no presents? It would be in, in lieu of presents. In lieu See, of presents, we request a gift certificate to a Michelin-starred restaurant. Our daughter would never go for that. She would she wants never have to go for that up the because butt. she's a fucking snobby ass Hollywood <laughs> child that has eaten at fancy restaurants her entire life in addition to getting gifts on every birthday. Our, our child is spoiled to, and, and has privilege. I keep, I keep trying to talk her out of presents. I was like, you know, you don't have, you can, we could donate to something. No, she, thanks. I'm good. I, and then I, I finally talked her out of donating the money that instead of gift, gift bags. Because yes. remember, like last I, yeah. last year, I threw a birthday party, and some of the like five year olds were like, "Where are the gift bags? Where the where the gift bag, dude? What kind of party <laughs> is this, dude? What kind and of fucking bullshit is this? I don't really. I'm looking at the guest list. Leaves a lot to be desired. Where are the gift bags? I don't want to give a child all this crap because I don't want that at my house. A bunch of plastic. Yeah. So she decided she of, wanted to bunch give a bunch of Timu gift uh, fucking <laughs> Timu trinkets. No, thanks. I can't even buy anything. I'm so grateful that Timu is so completely incomprehensible because I cannot purchase anything on it. Every you time have tra- to like sign up and give them your yeah, social Yeah, but then they make you play a game. Every time you put something in your shopping cart, it's like, would you like to spin the wheel? You've received a 400% discount. We're going to give like- you $50 if you buy this. Like, what the fuck is would happening? Would you like this $100 SPF 50 Sun hat for infants and toddlers for 45 cents. Oh, you spun the wheel. It's actually $20 to you. It's I a, mean, we're going to give you a gift certificate. It's way too cheap. Everything's like way too cheap. No, they're doing what Uber did. They're doing, they're, they're a Chinese company, but that's Ubi, doing what Uber did, which is charging way, 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 way too much so mm-hmm. that you'll move from Amazon over to them. I mean, way too little. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and then you move over to them and then they'll slowly start to ratchet up their prices. But I literally have never gone through with a transaction on Timu because I can't. It, it's like TikTok, the shopping site. <laughs> it's like, what the, what's happening right so now? So are people buying from it? Yeah, people are buying from it. Otsko buys all kinds of shit from it. So what do you do? Do you, I, I, I find it really complicated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not for you. Yeah. Old ass fucking hag. You know, go buy something at Sears. Go buy something at Sears Roebuck. That's what Timu's saying to us. Hey, why don't you go to a brick and mortar store? Well, listen, I don't want more things in my house. I don't either. Me neither. Well. Me neither. Maybe we should... You know, do a cleanse. No more ordering. Oh, actually, I have an idea. And I'm going to challenge our listeners. You ready for this? And I'm going to mm-hmm. challenge you. Passover's coming up. I know you know that, everybody. I know that we have a 100% um, Jewish listening base. It's Passover soon. Uh, you may or may not know this, depending on your degree of Semitism. But on Passover, not only do you do the Seder and eat the matzah and shit, but you also do, in a traditional Jewish house, a giant spring cleaning to get rid of all the uh, the bread products in your house. But it turns into just a regular spring cleaning. In fact, I wonder if, if that is where spring cleaning comes from, is from Passover cleansing. Anyway, I was thinking this year you and I could rent a dumpster and do a, me- a mega cleanse just prior to Passover. And I'm going to challenge our listeners to do the same. I mean, I'm down with that, but that doesn't stop the fact that there are 90,000 Amazon packages arriving at our doorstep well, every single day. But this is the logic of it. When you have a lifestyle like that, where you're buying up crap and accumulating things, you need to every year dump a bunch of things or the accumulation will never stop and you will find yourself living in hoarders buried alive. I understand that, but why not try to 
have a instead of like making Passover be all about <clears throat> the cleaning, why don't we start a new Passover tradition where you try to order less things? That's not you mean for the whole year? Yeah. How is that Passover? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, as it's like a commitment I, to yourself. Yeah. Okay, but this is the exact same thing as saying rather than um, doing doing a, a sober January, why don't I just become temperate for my entire life? <laughs> but it's like, okay, that's a good idea. That's ideal. But sometimes people need a symbolic kind of ritual in order to get rid of some stuff. That's what I'm suggesting. We you do. just don't want to stop buying shoes, honey. I I defy you to open up your amazon orders and i'll open up i'll open up mine and we can go ahead and compare oh i have things You're, coming on like got monthly basis creams and textiles and sample platters from fucking seven. furniture the distributors and fucking stitches of fabric i mean it's daily so let's not make this about me i'm not the, the clearly the i guy. have the problem we have the we the whole world has the problem now what is the solution i yes, have to change the entire consumer habits that we've been uh, trained and inundated with, that would be good. But I'm suggesting, how about this spring, just before Passover, we all rent a dumpster and take a bunch of our crap and throw it away. And clean Should out. I throw away the seven OxyCleans I have sitting on my you, dryer because Amazon makes me do it by the month and then I forgot to like unsign up for that and now yeah. I'm just accumulating OxyCleans? Yes, you should you should unsubscribe to that and you there is a way to order it without subscribing but you just missed it. Uh, but every single month a box of OxyClean comes and 100% of the time the bo- OxyClean has split open and it is <laughs> it is dumping uh, just chalky powder like we're like, like we got anthrax delivered to us on a monthly basis every every it's never come with no the i know it's 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 fucked up it's fucked up but we can change that this passover that's a passover challenge all i'm trying to get to is the world is so different now than it ever was we should have new religious traditions but what i'm that I, that uh mirror our times Okay, you don't think you should still clean on Passover. I'm saying, but where is the idea that we add some things? What is this reluctance to just renting a dumpster and throwing a bunch of shit away? I want to do that. I'm excited to do that. Like, I think a more meaningful Passover would be to subvert the capitalist (laughs) paradigm altogether and no no longer order or subscribe to things from Amazon. I'm saying we never talk about that. What are some new religious traditions we could like make a part of our lives based on our times that we're living in that are so different from where all religion came from, from ancient times? That's all I'm saying. Well, anyway, if you want to join the the religious order of Natasha or me, that's the Passover challenge. Today we're doing... All right, listen, let's just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Today we're doing written in questions. It's a written in day. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. You know what I love the most about coming home off of the road? Seeing me? Well, I guess sort of by extension. It's sleeping in my Helix mattress. Ah, uh, that is a nice one. I, I know I like sleeping in me. it when you're gone. Well, that's kind of hurtful. But you know what's not hurtful? The sweet, sweet caress of my Helix mattress. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial, you won't give it back, and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try your new Helix mattress. You could try that. 10 to 15 years? That's pretty cool. I mean, listen. you. That's could, awesome. If you're sleeping on a mattress that you're not comfortable on, I have to tell you that like my life changed when I got my Helix mattress. I filled out their little quiz, and I got a mattress that was like made for my body, and my back feels better. I wake up better rested. I love my Helix mattress, and there's no risk. There's no risk. 
plus the our enhanced cooling feature that keeps us from overheating at night. Yes, Natasha's a very hot sleeper, so we got the cooling feature, and she don't sweat no more. I really love it. I love it, too. This is a mattress that Natasha and I sleep on every single night, and we love it. We you should on it, too. That's true. But you're not supposed to say the F word in an ad. We we, we each other's on it as well. Listen, go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. Put in the promo code HELIXPARTNER20, and you're not only going to get the best mattress that you have ever had and that I have ever slept on, you'll also take 20% off the price of an unbelievably high-quality mattress. 20% off. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Okay, let's go. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. I hope you're doing good. Moshe, I just saw your show in D.C. and I'm amazed at how quickly and eloquently you were able to express your thoughts. I've never been much of a public speaker, but I also struggle with communication in general sometimes with my friends and family. I wanted to ask if both of you were always great at talking or if there's a process that went you through that you went through to get better at it. Also, Moshe, you mentioned you went to a rave alone the first time. I'm looking to to do more things on my own and become more independent. This is our child. And I want to try a rave. I was wondering if if either of you had tips on going to any kinds of events alone, especially as a young woman. What do you think about that in terms of... I think it was for both of us. Well, well, I'm asking you, though. Do you think that public speaking is a gift? Yes. I remember a big part of grade school standing up because I wanted to talk and not knowing what was going to come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar. But I do think that like that is a very specific quality that not everybody has. Well, people always say, you know, and that seems to be a performing arts quality. Yeah. People always say to, to stand ups and people like us, like, Oh, it's so brave what you do. It's like, no, it's not brave at all. (laughs) It would be brave if you did it. If you did, it would be brave. If we, we do it, it's, it's just, it's, like serving a psychological need. I do think that public speaking is something that comes naturally. I, do, I don't I do think you can become great at public speaking um, if you're terrified of it. I, I think do. I do for sure. Great? Yeah. Didn't you see the King's speech? He wasn't great. That, that movie wasn't about him being a great public speaker. I know, speaker. but I'm just saying if, you have to, if you're forced into it and you practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice, practice you know, you can do it. You can do it. That's what I was gonna say. I don't. You think might you, not dazzle everybody. That's what I'm saying. You hmm. can be. You're not gonna become Obama, <laughs> but you can definitely become. Um, you know, Romney. You can definitely become <laughs> Ted Cruz. Like you can. You can practice at getting rid of the terror. Because the truth is, if you're terrified of it, the terror makes you terrible. Like it just makes it so that you you are incomprehensible. You're thinking about what you're gonna say before you say it, which is the ultimate doomsday. For, for talking is you're just like constantly analyzing yourself. So you can work on it. You can go to Toastmasters. You can pretend to be an alcoholic and join AA until they ask you to speak at a meeting. You can work on it. So this person also says, I also struggle with communication in general, sometimes with my friends and family. I wanted to ask if both of you were always great at talking. What I think is that this person needs to not figure out how to be a wonderful public speaker, but figure out how to force themselves into um, 
not so terrifying risk-taking behavior when it comes to communication. And also don't forget, there's people who make you funny and there's people who make you shy. And there's people, you know, so it's like, it's also about switching up who your audience slash friends are. (laughs) Wise. Because I think that certain people bring certain things out of you. So if you constantly feel like, you know, a, a negative thing or something that's sort of, putting you down in a way you have to like realize that might be a you know a little combination of who you're hanging out with yeah but also taking little risks would help this person a long way like saying to yourself the next time i go over to my friend's house i'm going to tell a story you know and and then just tell the story but sometimes i'm with people who are like so no one's listening to me like because i hang out with comedians and sometimes i'll be with people who are like everyone's like chomping to talk yeah, and yeah. it's like you can't really even get something in. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just listen to everybody. Yeah. Because I don't want it so much. Are you the lady in the letter so now? Much. Huh? You're the lady in the letter? <laughs> I'm just, the, I am the lady in the letter. No, I you're am. not. You're yes, a professional public speaker. Well, that's true. But I'm the lady in the letter based on the idea that it's hard sometimes, you know, to like communicate with people. You, totally. you grew up in therapy, so maybe you're better at communicating No, all I'm naturally. saying is I'm giving a therapeutic tip. Rather than say, why can't I give an hour-long speech that dazzles everybody? Start small. Take a little risk. Tell a story the next time you hang out with your friends. Go to a go to a restaurant and chat up the, the server. Do a low-stakes public communication risk, and you will eventually build your skill set until you find yourself more and more comfortable. AA was really powerful in that way because everybody eventually got asked to speak. Everybody. No matter who you were, eventually you would be asked to chair the meeting. And they worked you up to it by like, you know, encouraging people to raise their hand and share during the meeting. AA really does a good, a very natural and organic job of training public speakers. But not everybody's in AA. Uh, but you can take these little risks. And also be happy that you're not someone who's compelled to just stand up and start mansplaining to anyone who will listen or womansplaining to anyone who will listen to them and not even have any ideas in their heads yet. (laughs) What I hear in this letter is a person who's very... I'm the lady in the letter. I don't think you are. What I hear in this letter is a woman who's very afraid, who's doing a lot of an analyzing of what Mm. terrible thing might happen. What might happen if I speak? What might happen if I go out alone? What might happen if I go to a rave? I'm a young woman. I could get assaulted. All this kind of stuff, which is not illegitimate concerns. But when you add it up to the the way that you orientate yourself towards the world, it becomes crippling. It becomes like you're stuck, you know. And um and and so I would say to this person, to this young woman, go to the rave. You know, it's you're gonna be fine, especially at a rave. Like I mean, not that nothing bad has ever happened at a rave, but choosing a place. And by the way, rave is uh is like it's a the EDM community is very like sort of lovey-dovey and welcoming bad things happen absolutely everywhere in the world but in terms of like scary i would put rave way beneath like going to a biker bar by yourself or you know trying to go buy crack i think raves are pretty soft and cuddly that's my opinion all right well thanks Moshe. do you want to go on to the next uh let's do it hi natasha and Moshe. love you both love the pod love natasha's book so much and so enjoyed Moshe and his brother on sibling revelry. My question. My husband and I have been together for six years, married two. He was not a smoker when I met him, though I did know he'd smoked it as a teen. And during this time in the in, during his time in the army after high school, but he quit. For me, smoking is a deal breaker in a relationship. I cannot tolerate it. 
Most of my family smoked growing up, and I hated it. So when I became an adult, I realized that I could avoid being around it now that I was in control of my life. Sometime in the last few weeks, my husband began smoking black and mild cigars. Oh, my God. I feel partly responsible. We did it a few times together on long road trips. Big mistake. Yeah. I mean, what? it's so funny. It's like smoking is a deal breaker, but on a road trip, <laughs> I will indulge in a she black and mild. She had me until she said she smoked them. I know. We did it a few times it's together. bad messaging because he doesn't know. Exactly. As a special occasion sort of thing. Then he started doing it too frequently, like on shorter and shorter trips, and I declined to partake, and he'd do it alone. So it was no longer a special thing we did together. Then he hid it from me while I was pregnant, and when our son was first born by going for long walks, or smoking in our attic space at night. When I figured it out, around the time our son was a month old, we had a big blow-up, and several months of fighting around it, followed by a few months of couples counseling. I realized I could not make him quit, and that even if he did, he would be quitting for me, and not for himself, so it wouldn't stick and would create resentment. Our son is now 18 months, and we've created boundaries around it so that our son won't be exposed to it. One of my biggest concerns. But my husband is still smoking them at least four times a week. While I have mostly accepted what I can't change, it still hurts me a lot, and I'm not sure how... To just get over it and how to not let it derail a weekend when I'm angry over it. He doesn't agree with the fact that it is very unhealthy. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he's like, black and miles are actually kind of healthy. <laughs> but, but he's confr- he's comforted that they don't have the same chemicals that cigarettes have. But from what I hear, they can be worse than cigarettes in their own way because they have more nicotine and no filter. I'm concerned for his health. I also dislike kissing and being near him when I can smell it, which I can even after he brushes his teeth. Is this really a big issue for our relationship? It is really a big issue for our relationship, but he refuses to consider quitting. Is there anything you think that I could do, or how should I handle it? Thank you so much, Anonymous. All right. Can you just reach for that little circle thing in your pocket right here? No, right here, right here, right here. I'd like to show people uh, this is the answer to all your problems. Tucker Carlson, he'll agree. Does Um, he like Zins? Yeah, he's a Zin man. He's a Zinster, And also, I have to say... Uh, this is not. This podcast is not for children. What? Children do not download this podcast, so it's okay to talk about nicotine products. That's what you're worried about: is kids getting on Zin <laughs> because you told this lady? Well, because I just, I just uh, read an article in the New York Times about it, and like and kids, kids are, are getting into the Zin. Kids are really into Zin from like podcasting. Anyway, the point is that uh, stop smoking black and mild cigarettes. I mean, yeah. The guy I, should stop smoking and get some Zen. I mean, the part where he doesn't it's think too it's stupid. unhealthy is hilarious. And a woman's brain changes when she has kids and she she's not with it anymore. She's not, not, with, she's not with the idea of smoking anymore. You know, but she's she was. Not, but she's not him. She's her. Right, but she's now, he needs to refamiliarize himself with the new her, and the new her is not okay with smoking. Yeah, but he. And she, she needs to tell him that. She has told and him that. And then he needs to get on Zen, right she's, here. Zen. <laughs> I'm telling you, all of their problems will be solved. She know, He knows how she feels about smoking. They fought about it and went to couples counseling for six months over it, and he won't stop. So that's her bigger. But issue. has he tried Zen, is my point. You are a Zen freak. I'm just now. saying he should try it. No one wants to smell like smoke, especially black and mild half cigar smoke. I, I actually think you're nasty. I actually, yeah, it is pretty nasty. That's and it's freaking nasty. That's a deal breaker for me. You would break up with me if I smoked yes. black and mild? No, you and wouldn't. And the Zen is like, I don't even know that you have a nicotine problem. You would not leave me if I started smoking black and milds four times a week i would complain a lot and be like okay (laughs) you can like sleep 
somewhere else. Like I don't want to smell. Or you can take a sh- full shower you and douse yourself. You cigarettes after I quit. Listen. Good for me, but not for thee. Do you have any advice? I kind of am on your tip, but I would actually take it a step further and say vaping might be the solution. Oh, vaping too would be great. I mean, his breath won't stink. Uh, it won't. It won't. You won't smell it anymore. Yeah. Uh, it won't be on his clothes. Uh, he's not going to quit. You've, he's already established that he won't quit. Uh, you know, and and that's just you know you got to deal with that or or leave the guy because he's not going to quit. You're dealing with an addictive, with an addictive beast. Natasha's holding up a can of Zin again. It's all. I mean, it's like so obvious. But vaping, uh, while not attractive, is more attractive than a father of an 18 month old smoking black and miles in the field get him a fucking get in fact if i'm not mistaken hold on let me do you mind if i do a quick goog sure um i'm pretty sure that there is and i have found it and that is all that it took there is black and mild flavored vape juice (laughs) yes yes that's right black and mild i'm gonna read you this for this is from vapejunkiejuice.com and they have a variety of strengths. And this is so close to the actual cigar, you will think that you are cheating on your vape. A favorite amongst cigar smokers. It's it's right here. Vape vape junkie juice. Just get yourself some vape junkie juice. And Here, Here's and, the thing about smoking, I think, in a couple. Yes. You both do it or you don't do it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's got to be a, it's got to be a, us, this is what we do. But lady, or be very, very, very secretive, discreet. Like you can't be like four times a week. Maybe you could do it like once every six months. That's impossible. That's not how an addiction works. I think what this woman needs to do is buy this man some some cinnamon flavored Zin. Actually, my favorite my favorite nicotine pouch is the On Coffee, and you can get that at Northerner.com. That's where I order it from. Taxes are a doozy if you're living in a commie state like california but anyway then get him a little vape device and this black and mild vape juice and say this is what what just make him try say will you promise to try you could definitely get him hooked on zin you could get him hooked on zin yeah it'll only take six days how to hook your man on zin in six days i mean you should just do it all right hi there i hope all is going well i have a question for the pod and i'd like to remain anonymous please thanks i've been why are you making her sound like such a stuck up person because she said uh, it's i'm just Following the... I like it. It's a good performance. You know, because it says, I'd like to remain anonymous, please. Thanks. Comma, thanks. I was just, you know, com- I, I liked, liked her, it. I liked her it. grammar. Honey, I loved it. I've been dating a new guy for 1.5 months. After the second date, we were taking a walk around my neighborhood and talking about our families. He asked how old my younger brother was, and I realized that they were the same age. I have never dated anyone younger than myself. I recently turned 29, and the guy I'm dating now is 26. <laughs> I panicked a bit internally and stammered, uh, I think he's three years younger than me, dot, 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 or two, I I forgot his birth date, and I'm 28. Then, a few weeks later in conversation with a mutual friend, the friend asked, how old are you? And since the guy I'm dating was present for this conversation, I said 28 again, doubting down, (laughs) doubling down on the lie. I didn't know for sure if we'd continue dating, but now it's becoming evident that it's going somewhere. For example, I'm meeting his siblings soon. He and I have been incredibly honest and open with each other to the extent that it's refreshingly healthy for both of us. However, I did lie about my age by a year due to my own insecurities surrounding being slightly older. What should I do? Thank you for your help. R. Oh, 
I mean, I know what she should do. Tell him how old she is? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and give him a call. Hey, what's up? Remember I said I was 28? I'm 29. I think he's going to be able to get over it. <laughs> like, that would be so funny if he did it. If he was, I'm betrayed. How could you? You were born in November? I mean, Not this in July, woman, as you said? This woman is living it with the, you know... Uh, Story? Well, not even story, like infection of her mind. Right. That, that she needs to be young to be desirable. And um, and she is young. That's the funniest she, part. <laughs> I fell asleep when she said she was 29 and he was 26. I was just like, I'm out. Yeah. Now, if she was like 50 and she told the dude she was 35, now we're into a juicy zone. Also, start telling him what's up in general. Boss his ass around. Yeah. You're yeah. older than him. Treat him like shit, girl. Yeah. He's just like. call him. Just call him and say, hey, remember when I said I was 28? I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I'm 29, and I just, I don't know why I said that. Do not, this is, has this has way too much weight in your head. Just go ahead and give him a, go ahead and text him. Actually, as you listen to this on the podcast, pick up your phone right now and text him. Hey, remember the other day I said I was 28? I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I'm 29. I was just tripping. And that'll be the end of that. And then, and then if he doesn't bring it up again, you don't have to bring it up again. But that's right. if he does bring it up... Why'd you say that? I just don't know. be like, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was being an idiot. And also tell that guy that he's supposed to bring you coffee in bed every morning. I don't know about that. All right, Tosh, what do you think about listening to some secrets? Let's do it. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. Do you like wasting money at all? No, I hate it. Well, I got to recommend Rocket Money to you because what it will do is find all of the subscriptions that you are wasting your money on and you've never used and just cancel them for you. I love it. I mean, I hate the fact that I've... Uh, paid for the Criterion Collection uh, four years now. Ever seen one of the movies? Never. Not mm. one single thing. What about Masterclass? Uh, th- I'm going on three years with that. Ever taken one of the classes? Never. If you're like Natasha and you want to be a better person than you are and your subscriptions reflect it, but you don't actually engage in the service, get that Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills. I bet you I still have a subscription to Supernatural on the Meta Quest from when the pandemic was happening and I was worried. I should actually look into that right now. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. That's rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Hey, Marsha. Hey, Natasha. This is Abigail. So I hate my husband's best friend. That's not the secret. (laughs) He comes over and drinks with my husband um, like once a month or more, and he gets all drunk, and he's very conservative. I'm very liberal, and he'll, like, attack me about different topics, and whether I engage or I just walk away, I find myself, like, super upset about it and like spinning out about it. My secret is that I went on Dear Chelsea, Chelsea Handler's podcast, talking about this problem to her and her special guest so they could help me. And my husband and his best friend will never listen to that podcast. And so that's my secret that I can't tell my husband how excited I was to be on Dear Chelsea because I was actually talking bad about his best friend. Okay, thanks. Bye. Wait, this is kind of a rude secret. Well, it's also like maybe you're a little bit overdoing it on the advice podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking. 
out loud here. I'm not trying to discourage <laughs> you from listening to this one. Her secret is that she went on Dear Chelsea and told a secret. But and what? talked shit about her husband's best friend. I mean, this not that she was asking for advice, but this is very simple. If you want this to end, just leave. I'm sure this is what Chelsea and her special guest said. Just go out. Every time he's coming over, leave, leave for the night. Go do your own thing. You don't ever have to see him. Don't hang out with him. It's, so, it's such an obvious thing to do. Why, why, why would you go hang out with someone you hate? I would never do that. If I hated your friend and you had her over exactly once a month to drink, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, it's that night. Bye. I'm Maybe going. she's secretly attracted to him. Maybe so. She wants some of that good old MAGA dick. You can also just say like, um, let me know. You always tell me when your yeah, friends are coming know over. When, let me know In when general, Hoyt is coming nice over. In general, that's nice to know. Like, let me know when Tucker's going to come by <laughs> and I'm going to leave. I mean, it's so simple. Yeah, I think if you're if your significant other has like a lot of male energy friends, I think you're all in your um, right to ask. By the way, go ahead and give us a call back and let us know if Chelsea and her special guest gave you the kind of <laughs> searing advice that we gave you. Because that's that's a, if they didn't, I think you should switch over full time and join the Patreon. All right, let's hear another secret. Hey y'all! So I have a story slash secret that happened in like high school. Um, my best friend at the time uh, was dating this guy at her high school, but she only like saw him in private because she low key thought he was kind of ugly. But it was due mainly because of the clothes he wore. He wore a lot of like graphic tees. So if you remember, like early 2000s graphic tees were all the thing, but he just had some ones that were kind of outdated and just really cringe. Like there was this one in particular that I remember that had the word dubstep written all across the front and like many times and then highlighted the word diagonally again, dubstep, um, along with a lot of other just terrible t-shirts. Anyway, um, one day we broke into his house when we knew he wasn't home and we raided his drawers and we found that shirt along with all the other ones that we didn't like. And we took them and we burned them and he never mentioned it. And uh, we kind of just did him a favor, I think. And then she was kind of better off with him at school because he, he was no longer in his embarrassing T-shirt. So that's it. Thanks, guys. I love your podcast. Bye. That's pretty fascinating. Can I just say, if I lived in a world where a bunch of my, quote, friends got together and burned my shirts. Burned your boyfriend's and, shirts. Right. But like just the fact that people are doing that to each, like to be the person who people hate that much that they like. I think it was very sweet, actually. They were like hooking their girl up. She's like, he's, he's a 10, but he, but the way he dresses and they're like, we can take care of that. And they broke in and, and stole his property, set it afire. <laughs> and he never mentioned it and just started dressing better. So you think this is a story in like girl power? This, I don't know. This is like, um, this has a lot of drama to it. I mean, that shirt did sound really bad. And I do relate to the idea of like liking someone, but you're just like, I can't get over how they dress. I just can't date this person because they're dressed so foul. But isn't it in style to kind of dress bad? Yeah, it is. It like people just is. wear like sweatpants. Yeah, everybody looks like shit. <laughs> and like really ugly shoes are in style. Yeah, yeah. Big old clog boots. Yeah. Kanye style. Everything's bad out there, Tasha. The jeans don't, are not flattering. Good no thing a couple of fashion plates like us found each other. And we'll be spinning forever. All right. Well, listen, I think we can hear one more secret. Let's do it. 
Hey, Natasha. And hey, Mosh. Um, first of all, a big fan of both of you. Thank um, you. Mosh, the chance is awesome. And Natasha, you're just all around great. Um, so my secret is I have been living out west for the past 20-ish years, and then I moved back to New York, which is where a lot of my family is, and been, you know, trying to meet friends and trying to have some sex and stuff. And I found this one older lady on Hinge. Um, I'm in my late 30s. She's, like, mid-50s. And we get along pretty well, um, and we've met up a couple times, and um, she is probably really compatible sexually with me. She likes a lot of, like, cock worship, which I obviously love as a cis male who has a penis. Um, but she looks a lot like my maternal grandmother, <laughs> and it's a little off-putting. But she also sucks to be thick like a demon out of hell, and I'm into that kind of thing. Um so yeah, it's a little bit of a conflict. Also, her hair always kind of smells moldy, and I don't know how to brush that, because like, what if she's into like urine therapy for the hair, and I'm, I don't know, I don't want to like ruin a good thing, or a weird thing, I guess. But anyway, yeah, that's my secret. Uh, have a good night. What do you say at the end? Um, so she sucks his cock. So, she I reminds you of her grandma. Grandma sucks a mean cock. Oh, and her, the hair smells like urine? Her hair smells like piss? Let's hear that part again. <laughs> I need to know, because this is an interesting, juicy tidbit. So yeah, it's a little bit of a conflict. Also, her hair, hair always kind of smells moldy. I don't know how okay, her that. hair always kind of smells moldy. I also, told her you. Hair, hair always kind of smells moldy. Yeah, hair always kind of smells moldy. I've never <laughs> encountered that. I think she's just like she's older than him. He's uh, he she sucks a mean cock. Yeah, and and worships his cock, and he's into that as you know, of course, as a yeah. <laughs> Um, so so what should he do? Well, first of all, I'm wondering if this woman is who she appears to be. You know what I mean? She looks just like his grandma, right? May she rest in peace. And, and like worships his cock but smells moldy. Like to me, I'm thinking that's maybe a ghost. And maybe it is the grandma. You know, it's like a demon kind of. Didn't he say, wait, hold on, play it again. Hold on, hold on, play it again. He, she sucks her cock like what? Can, can, you just, can you just play it again? She looks a lot like my maternal grandmother, and that's a little off-putting. But she also sucks to be thick like a demon out of Stop hell. Stop it. Uh, oh, my God. Wait, like a what? Like a, a demon? demon? Oh, my God. I have goosebumps. Like a demon out of hell. She sucks a cock like a demon out of hell. <laughs> is that what and it said? smells moldy and looks like her, his grandma. <laughs> this is a demon out of hell, dude. You got... Oh, my God. You're at great risk right now. Sucks a cock like a demon out of hell. Oh, my God. Demons are real. Demons are demonic forces are surrounding us on all sides and they tempt us through our sexualities. And oh my God, you have to. I I was going to say this is not a big deal, but this is a huge deal. You cannot see her anymore. And your your soul is in great peril. This is our first ghost sighting. It doesn't doesn't exactly sound hot. Do I have a demon out of hell sucking your cock? Of course it's hot. But you don't know. You don't know what peril, what perdition lies beneath. I can't believe that I just saved that guy's life. Well, why don't you buy her some perfume? Yeah, some perfume. I got an or idea. Some essential oils for or her some to rub holy on her. water. <laughs> some frankincense. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Some garlic. Perhaps. <laughs> Get out of this. This is scary. All right, listen. Um, Moshe, there's a, there's a lot more emails. Uh, let's how let's long, do a couple more before we go, you know. Call it a night. All right, here's one. Dear Natasha and Moshe, I am in desperate need of advice and a good laugh. 
I have this great job that offers a lot of security and good benefits and has afforded me some comfort in my life. I relocated for this job and overall my work and personal life have improved. My problem is that I loathe my coworker. Mm. This person was hired from within and I've been working with them for a year now. This person is a full grown adult, but mentally I feel like I work with a teenager. They have a little work. They have little work and life experience. Don't have to judge exactly. They're emotionally, they're emotional and moody. Their quality of work is completely mediocre. They won't think for themselves. They take everything said figuratively. So they get offended easily and no sense of humor. Okay. They're 23. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Dasha alienating our fan base. One listener at a time. No, but I think the person's just trying to say that they're younger than them. Okay. Um, this person is my only coworker in the department and we have to work very closely together. If they make a mistake and I demonstrate the way to correct it, I'm met with attitudes and defensiveness or worse with tears. Okay, yeah, they're young. And another coworker approaches them with a question. If another coworker approaches them with a question, they just push the person off to me to resolve or they act annoyed. I have started filtering any of their mistakes through our boss and they cried when he addressed it with them. Mind you, these are small, easily fixable mistakes. Nothing anyone would get fired over. This person still completes their work in time, so these are issues management will not deal with. It's more a personality slash energy difference. I mentally try to remind myself I have to accept this person's shortcomings and work around it, but they act smug and defensive, and it makes it so disdainful of them. It makes me so disdainful of them. How do I maintain my sanity working so closely with such a child? (laughs) Leaving this job is not an option at the moment. I am not in a position where I can be moved. I'm writing to you because I need some outside perspective. Mm. My partner and friends are tired of hearing me vent about this person. Cheers, desperate worker. I know this feeling so much. You do? Have you never felt that where you have to surround yourself by somebody that drives you absolutely insane Mm. and you can't find a way to get away from them? Leaving the job's not an option. Being moved is not an option. So she has to see this person and they are becoming slowly a bigger and bigger figure in that person's psyche and well-being. And every day is a struggle not to fight with them. I know that feeling really well. It's almost like you have to kind of become friends with them. You have to almost like them and you have to almost just really have like a lot of empathy and think like, okay, maybe they were like something happened to them. I'll tell you what they would tell you in AA. Hmm. There was an idea in AA that when somebody was driving you crazy like this, that every morning you you pray for them. And if you don't believe in God, then I think you're fucked. No, I'm joking. You don't need to pray. But every morning, you could get up every morning and say, you know, I hope that, that Diane or whatever this woman's name is, or person, Mm -hmm. I just assumed and that was wrong of me. Um, it gets everything that she wants. I hope that she has a successful day at, at work today. I hope that she thrives and, you know, all of the things that you find crazy about her, like you, you pray for her to have those things solved or just, you know, encant it into the world. If you're not a prayer person and that is kind of gross to even think about, just say it, literally say it out loud, but you know, like an I, affirmation. I have to say though, what I'm reading into this is that this person, the younger person who she's describing as a child, is making her job harder. And she's not able to do her work because but, she's got to emotionally be like dealing with someone no. who's like pushing things off to her. But not everyone in that office, I'm gonna venture a guess, is is obsessed with this woman in the same way. Right? Okay, so this is this is the thing. It's her only coworker in the department. 
this is the thing. Was, was, is that right? Everyone's at levels, so it might be the only person at a level. Well, okay, but here's the deal: like, this person's inappropriate, probably. I believe it. I fully believe it, and unbelievably insufferable. I fully believe that too, right? But, but, like acting like a teenager. Yeah, but but now what's happening is not actually the result of this person's terrible behavior, but the result of this normal person who's working next to her becoming increasingly eaten alive by the resentment she has for the person. So it's actually bigger than the person's behavior now because every time the person indulges in that behavior, it sets off like a bigger firestorm of resentment from from our friend who wrote in. And so now she's in the throes of like obsession and resentment. That you cannot deal with the woman's, uh, with the person's uh, bad behavior, but you can deal with your own resentment. You can get a hold of your resentment, and that is the only thing that you can do. If you truly can't move to a new job, and you truly can't um, get transferred, I mean, you know, there is an option of going to your boss and saying, I can't work with this person anymore. They're immature. They're oversensitive. Even though their workflow is good, uh, it's making a situation where I'm no longer able to function in this job, and know that you are risking losing your job, because their response might be, okay, well, then we'll fire you. It's possible. That's an option. But if that's not something you're willing to do, then you have to get you have to arrest your resentment or you're going to go crazy. And then what's going to happen? Here's what's really going to happen. Eventually, she will reach a critical mass and she will attack this person somehow. Uh, that person will cry, go to HR, and she will be right. The, she will have been attacked and you will get fired. Uh, so, so you either have to arrest your own resentment or go to your boss and say, I just want to put this out there. I can't deal with this anymore. Well, I have a different take. I think you need to suck it up, get used to it, Nepo baby future. There's more famous people than have ever been in the world. Everyone's got babies. People are just going to get more and more entitled yeah. and spoiled. And you just have to like suck it up. Well, suck it up is, is good advice, but it sounds like this person is incapable of sucking it up. That's what, what I'm suggesting. Getting over your resentment is sucking it up. I mean, what do, what do you mean by suck it up? Go to work miserable every day and just deal with your misery? Or try to get a handle on your misery and get past it. You could do it all. You can do it all. I mean, yeah, you can do it all. I, I think finding some compassion for this person and every day doing affirmations that you hope that they're happy, I, I, I honestly think that that would help. Do you disagree? No, I agree. I used to have to do that for people. I used to have this person in class I would fantasize about doing like a, a, a Ryu kick across, or is it Chung Lee? From Street Fighter, where her legs up and all the way across the room, and like kicking this person in the head because they drove me crazy. Every day I would think about that. Oh, that feels so good to like drop kick them, but you can't do that. So you got to find a way to like deal. Do you want to read the next one? Sure. What is the next one? Hey guys, don't want to be on the show, but I am having some issues with my mom. My wife and I have been together for almost six years now, and have decided that we don't want children. Honestly, I had decided that for myself before we met, and that was part of what drew me to her. She has a 10-year-old son who I've been helping co-parent since he was four, and any familial urges I have ever felt have been completely met by them. We are both mid-30s, and my wife is three years older, and she is just afraid that after she's past childbearing age, I will decide to be a father. I want to be a father. 
I've tried to reassure her that this isn't the case, but I still get the sense that it worries her. To compound the issue, my mother is adamant that I have a child. I've told her many times my entire life that I don't want one and that she doesn't seem to, but she doesn't seem to want to take no for an answer. I joked at Christmas that everyone in our house was fixed, animals and myself, and she looked like she would be sick. (laughs) I think her insistence plays into my wife's insecurity. My mother recently got a job in the same building as me and on her first day told a complete stranger how she really wanted me to have a baby. Long story short, help. Thanks from West Virginia. P.S. It is pretty, but we're... But we are the epicenter of the forever chemicals. West Virginia, I guess, is the epicenter of the forever. That's so sad. But it does help his childbearing thing. He's like, oh, mom, I want to, but forever chemicals. I got rotten balls. This is like your mom's problem. Is it? Yeah, if she wants him to have a baby and he doesn't want to have one. I thought she meant my mom's problem. No, I'm saying, like, it's not his problem. You can't imagine how sad that would be if you literally had a child to please your mom. I know. You well, can't do that. That is like... Well, he's not going to. He's trying to figure out how to deal with his mom. And I think a stern conversation is in order, no? Mom, you got to stop commenting on my reproduction. I'm not interested. I don't ever want to hear it from you again. It's a hard line and a boundary for me. It's really hard for people to talk to their moms like that. Yeah, but you got to. Or you just, or you got to just keep accepting unacceptable behavior. Do you think that you have such a good relationship with your mom because you talk to her like that? Yes. Because You're we, very blunt with her. I, we have clear and honest communication. I tell her what I want, what I will accept, and what I want. Most people don't have that kind of relationship that's, with their parents. That's bad. I would say that's bad. I mean, if your mom is doing something that is disrespectful, what is the argument for not saying, don't disrespect me like that anymore? What's, what is the argument? I'm, I'm asking you. I don't know. Well, like, what is the thing that you... I mean, you just say it. And then they can choose to respect your boundary or not. And then you can choose what consequences not respecting your boundary has, if any. But Well, it, some people have, you know, other things ingrained in them besides their boundaries. Yeah, like what? Like trauma and accepting unacceptable behavior? Like, if you don't tell your mother the way you speak to me isn't cool with me, then she's not doing anything wrong. Because she has not been made aware that what she's doing is wrong. She's just like, great, this is our dynamic. That's what I think. Disagree? Well, you have, I mean, you have a good relationship with your mom, so I I guess you know. Well, I don't know. I mean, everybody's different. I mean, you don't like having that kind of conversation with your mom, right? I'm not like, I don't like to be very direct. Right. All right, well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you would like to talk to us about your mom, give us a call at 213-222-8608, maybe a secret or two. If you'd like to be on the podcast, you can email Toxic Producer Laura, who's still here. Somebody on tour asked me if she was gone because they heard a new laugh in the background. (laughs) And I said, no, no, we've just added a laugher. Um, You can email her, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com and be a guest on our show. Also, join our Patreon. We have... Oh my God, uh, yes. Dinner I'm t- parties? Dude, coming we got up? more than that. I just signed a hundred books for people, hardcover books of my brand new books, Subculture Vulture. That's for the top tier, though. Honey. It's for the top tier, but you could be on that top tier. There's nothing stopping you. Patreon slash endless honeymoon. Honestly, if you're a person who's in a job that you're miserable at every day because of a, 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 a psychotic, toxic coworker, <laughs> then at least use the money to join the top tier of the Patreon of the Endless Honeymoon podcast. You could be one of our kids. Yeah. Come join the party. Natasha, as ever, I love you. I love you too.